In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town podcast, where every single week... We dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again. And Elizabeth Shove from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. We give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists. So go check out the Every Town podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a documentary filmmaker describes the horrors of child sex trafficking and how shockingly common it is. 500,000 kids every day are involved in child sex trafficking. That's a conservative number. In the U.S. only, worldwide, it's something like 22 million or something. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on 
get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. I hope you and yours are doing well. Now, just a reminder, I'll be sitting in for George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM this coming Friday, October 16th. And I'll also be hosting Coast Again on Saturday, October the 17th. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information and to find an affiliate near you. coasttocoastam.com There is a sinister wickedness encompassing the country. It doesn't fit any profile, it doesn't lend to predictability, and it strikes without warning. While this specific evil may sound familiar, and though millions of lives have been brutalized, very few understand how deep it goes. Child sex trafficking is only the beginning. There's an organized occult effort that sometimes uses these children as sacrifices to ancient, bloodthirsty, demonic entities. Never before has a documentary dared to expose the true depths of this dangerous evil. Josh Peck is the director and writer of Silent Cry, The Dark Side of Trafficking. Josh works in full-time ministry with Skywatch TV as a documentary filmmaker, and he wrote, directed, and edited Silent Cry. He's also the author or co-author of numerous best-selling books, including Afterlife, The Second Coming of the New Age, The Day the Earth Stands Still, Unraveling the Multiverse, and Abaddon Ascending. He's the founder of Daily Renegade, where he hosts The Peck Report. Hey, Josh, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Silent Cry, the darker side of trafficking. Kind of hard to watch, uh, but uh, this really needs to be seen by everyone, not just uh, parents. Everybody needs to see this. Talk to me about the genesis of this project for you. I guess it goes back to Tom Horn and his latest book, Shadowland. Yes, uh, it deals a little bit with with his book Shadowland. We do get into that. Um, Shadowland is more about uh, government corruption and and some of the secret things going on, including uh, cover ups of child sex trafficking cases. So there is some overlap there. But um, Silent Cry really focuses on uh, child sex trafficking, but it's not the typical trafficking documentary that's out there uh, today. So trafficking is happening everywhere in America because largely it's been ignored. So that's why it's able to continue. Uh, But it goes deeper because as we show in the film, there's also an occultism tied in with some of trafficking. So we deal with that. So that's kind of where the overlap with Tom Horn's book, uh, Shadowland, is. But uh, so we really wanted to look at this topic, not in a sensational way, but not in a sugar-coated way either. So we definitely don't hold back, but everything that we put in the movie 
Uh, we cite sources. We're honest about what things are just eyewitness testimonies and what things can be uh, verified with other evidences. So we try to be really careful, but it's also not just statistically driven as many child sex trafficking documentaries are. There's nothing wrong with that. We need the uh, statistics. We need to know the facts. But uh, in my opinion, a lot of the documentaries that are out there are kind of missing the the, the human uh, emotion element of it. And so I wanted to bring that into this topic and hopefully have done so in Silent Cry. It begins with a cult called The Finders in Tallahassee, Florida in 1987. Tell me about The Finders. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the reason that I started with this cult, the, the Finders cult, in the beginning of the film is that many people think that we should look to the government to solve this problem for us. But we have examples showing the government has been complicit in covering up and even in some cases perp perpetrating this crime, even going back decades. And the Finders case is one of the best examples. Uh, now, on the surface, it sounds like conspiracy theory, but in 2018 and 2019, the FBI declassified nearly 650 heavily redacted pages relating to this group known as the Finders, uh, which contains evidence that the State Department and CIA was at best complicit, at worst, directly involved and conspired to keep uh, to cover up investigation and charges. So at the time, in 1987, uh, the official story was just, it was really short and simple. It was basically that uh, this group called the Finders were uh, a post-hippie commune of off-the-grid futurists. They were discovered in 1987 in Tallahassee, uh, Florida, when a woman saw six malnourished children with two well-dressed men at the park. Something didn't seem right about it, so she called the police. And then two weeks after that call was made, the entire case was dropped, largely forgotten, until these documents were uh, recently released. Now, there have been a few people who have been researching it since then, uh, but now we can actually see the official story at the time was completely fabricated, and the people that were researching it in the years since were actually on to something. So these uh, documents say a lot about the finders that wasn't previously released. There's still a lot we don't know because, again, it is heavily redacted. But from what we can piece together just based on what the documents say, we can definitely show there was a cover-up. So uh, we do tell the whole story in the movie, but we can hit some of the highlights here. The police brought those two men and children into custody. The two men were uh, questioned. They were uncooperative. They didn't provide ID for themselves or the kids. They were unable to prove the children belonged to them. And while they were in custody, it was discovered that there was another finder's case in Washington, D.C. So police had searched properties belonging to the finders and found hand-drawn pentagrams. They found over 100 animal bones. And then there was other undisclosed pieces of evidence of satanic cult rituals. That's just how the documents describe them. They also found cages that witnesses said were used to keep uh, children in during their visits. So while while that is in the documents, in the documents it does say that these were just what eyewitnesses said. So we have to take that for what it is. Uh, it's just eyewitness account, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Um, there were also documents found on the finder's property uh, containing instructions for obtaining children, impregnating women, purchasing, kidnapping, trading children, really weird things. So the the government documents 
ex- from uh, unnamed investigators expressed a suspicion that the finders were actually being used by the U.S. government on a state and federal level. And they, they reached that conclusion because a member of the finders named Isabella was discovered to have worked for the U.S. government from 1950 to 1971. So this goes back at least a few decades. What's most disturbing, though, is there was proof of child abuse that was found in these documents and in uh, medical reports from the time that wasn't released to the public at the time. It was actually lied about uh, at the time. But while while police were questioning the children that were with the two men at the park, the uh, kids described seeing strange things uh, where they lived with, with this, this cult. They s- described women walking around naked. They uh, described their leader named The Game Caller, whose real name was Marion Petty. Uh, and this guy would tell these children to do strange things like read random bulletin boards, take notes, and m- more disturbingly, babysit children. But during that interview, the children were clearly not well. They were extremely hungry and malnourished. They were so sick that they urinated and defecated on the floor. So because of that, the children were medically examined, and at least two of them that we know about, uh, we only have first names, Max and Mary, were confirmed cases of sexual abuse. Now, the details and evidence of the sexual abuse are uh, are really explicit. We do get into it in the movie only because it's in the documents and we want to be truthful to what's in the official documents. Uh, so we do deal with that in the movie, not to be sensational, but just to be truthful. But the form detailing that abuse from the medical examination has an original date of February 4th. 1987, and we even know that a copy was made on February 9th, 1987. The reason that's important is because on February 18th, this would have been just two weeks after the confirmation of sexual abuse was discovered, the entire case against the Finder's cult was dropped. No arrests were made. The two men had all charges against them dropped, and the children were even sent back with no attempts of rehabilitation or even foster care. An affidavit written either on or after February 5th, so a day or more after the child abuse was discovered, this affidavit stated that the children were all examined for sexual abuse, but the results were not available at this time, which we know today was a lie because we have clear evidence that an offense report was made at least a day earlier. But it gets worse. Uh, Where the documents explained why this investigation was called off, no arrests were made and any any previous charges were dropped, it actually states that there was no evidence of child sexual exploitation, no evidence of kidnapping or related crime, and no evidence of satanic activity. But now that we have these documents, we can prove that that was an outright lie. There was at least evidence. Maybe it was enough to prove something, maybe not, but there was evidence. It was also reported that the lifestyle choice of the finders was subjective, that there was nothing objectively wrong, abusive, or neglectful, even though the police and medical reports show that they were starved and withheld medical attention and sexually abused. So I I wanted to open the movie with this whole case because it shows that uh, these things do happen and and higher-ups will shut these cases down, and this is this is a really good example that we have. Even in the documents, the investigators that were first um, 
looking into the case, you can you can read their frustration on on them being told to shut down, and they they didn't know who the order was coming from or why. They just had to let it go, and so we get some uh, we we get some suspi- suspicions from the original investigators saying that they believed the Finders cult was still active in the government, that they believed it never disbanded. So that makes us wonder: Are they still active in the government today? And what atrocities are going on now that we won't have absolute proof of uh, due to the release of federal and state documents for another 30 years. So this is why we can't trust the government to solve this problem for us. There was another element to this story, and that is that these children appeared to be programmed almost like a a Nazi MK Ultra type situation. Yes, and we read about that in the uh, investigators' notes in these documents as well. Um, so this is what happened afterwards because somebody you know, would probably wonder why didn't somebody try to expose what was going on. Well, some of these investigators did. All of the evidence was ignored and dismissed without any real answer given. So uh, we know there was at least a cover-up, but why is another question. The best we have is the speculation from someone who appears to be close to the case who expressed his suspicions in an official report from the domestic security branch of the police department in D.C. So he writes that he believed the finders was utilized by the CIA as a disinformation service. He says that they're capable of destructive and illegal activities. He refers to them as uh, a cult. And he says that he didn't believe the sexual abuse of children was originally planned, but it sprung up later due, due to sick and demented subjects who belonged to the cult, meaning that when that happened, the government turned a blind eye to it. They knew about it, but they just let it go because whatever the finder's cult was doing, for the government was more important. Uh, This investigator also said that he believed the shaping of the children or the programming of the children was a planned experiment such as the Nazis, and he actually refers to it as that, uh, word for word, such as the Nazis towards a perfect society in the documents. Uh, He also, like I mentioned before, he said he didn't believe that the finders ever disbanded, which again makes us wonder if they're still active. So it's, it's, it's really horrific that the levels of corruption in the government go this deep, but it takes a long time for them to come to light. By the time they do come to light, you know, it's 30 years later, most people have forgotten about that case. Most people at the time weren't even aware of it, but even less people now are. So uh, it's a really good example of uh, just how corrupt the government still probably is. I mean, unless we're just going to assume that for some reason, since that case, the government has decided to clean up their act, but I don't see any evidence of that. You know, we we know we have a a deep state that is involved in these things um, due to the release of these documents providing evidence for that. You, you mentioned in, in Silent Cry, the darker side of trafficking, that during your research, it, it was somewhat difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff. There, there are a lot of conspiracy theories uh, in this horrible arena. Uh, and recently, Congress condemned uh, the followers of uh, a so-called conspiracy theory revolving around QAnon, this a uh, secretive individual who uh, very active on social media, uh, sort of c- central to QAnon's, uh, I don't know, ideology is is that there is this widespread uh, child sex trafficking operation going on involving very highly ranked individuals in in government. 
yet, you know, that is being condemned by Congress as a, as a cult and a ridiculous conspiracy theory, yet it certainly seems to ring true with the research that you're finding. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it would make sense if it is true that Congress would say that this is all conspiracy theory and all cult. And and, and that's what makes this, you know, especially with this topic, really hard to research and hard to separate truth from fiction. Because, you know, one one bit of sensationalism, one bit of untruth can literally mean the life and death of a child. It, it, it can mean that someone out there now has an excuse to dismiss all of this, whereas we might have had somebody fighting this fight with us and trying to get things changed in this country. Uh, now now we don't have that person because they saw a ridiculous piece of uh, misinformation and they labeled the entire thing as that. And so now children are, are suffering even more. So it does make it really hard. I will say, I don't know that much about the QAnon movement, but I, so far in my very, very limited and admittedly uh, ignorant exposure to it, I haven't found anything that has necessarily put me off. But again, I don't I don't really know much about it. I will say that there is a, uh, a a very strong effort right now to demonize anybody who is uh, wanting to talk about the problem of child sex trafficking in our country, the horrors of it, the statistics behind it, the well-founded statistics even. And in the movie, I was even really careful uh, and used conservative numbers with these statistics because I don't want to be accused of sensationalizing anything. And you know what's strange is I'm – typically labeled even like I'm a conservative even in my own like m mainstream conservative friends of mine who host shows that ha have like millions of viewers uh, I've been told that they can't have me on because they'll lose credibility they 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 kind of allude that like I'm now part of this QAnon thing which I'm not I, I don't know anything about it maybe I am and I don't know you know there's just a lot I don't know about it so I can't say one or another but I, I do have friends involved in it. I haven't seen anything particularly harmful or cultish or uh, conspiracy theory ridden about it. Uh, you know, actually, the people that seem to be the most careful seems to be these people. Uh, and but again, I'm speaking very, very limitedly because I only know a few people uh, that are interested in it. There, there was recently an article put out by Vice saying uh, basically how to talk to your friends if they've fallen into the conspiratorial hole of believing that child sex trafficking is a major problem in our country. And I, I was curious, you know, I like hearing both sides of, a, of an issue, and I, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. I read this thing, and it was, it was one of the most insulting things I've ever read. I mean, they are just straight up denying that child sex trafficking is even a problem. They have gone so far the other end. And they they deny that the mainstream media is uh, covering anything up or, or that the mainstream media is refusing to talk about it. You know, maybe cover up is too strong of a word, but they're they're at least at least not excited about talking about this issue. And in the article, Vice says that mainstream media is open to it, including them. And I'm thinking, OK, but. Your, your article right here is disproving that statement because you're saying that this is all conspiracy. So clearly you're not open to talking about it. You, you're, you're open to talk about it in the sense that all these people are nuts and they need to be uh, talked down to like children and here's how to handle them and uh, all, all of this. But all the while, they didn't provide anything refuting why they believe that the stats aren't correct. You know, they'll just say, well, you know, the stats that are quoted aren't, aren't government sources. But, but that 
that that's a, a lie. They are like the stats that we give in uh, Silent Cry, for example. They come from both uh, both government and non-government research sources. So uh, you know things like. Uh, Pew or or sharetogethernow.org, you know, places like that that actually specialize in child sex trafficking uh, and and learning the numbers. And and we even say in the movie the stats are hard to get because it's uh, only 1% of this crime is ever even reported. So we have to estimate. And that's why in the movie I, I used more conservative estimates just to play it safe. But even the conservative estimates are horrifying. 500,000 kids every day are involved in child sex trafficking. That's a conservative number. I've that, heard numbers. That's in the U.S. only. Yeah, in the U.S. only. Worldwide, it's something like 22 million or something. Every and single day. Every every day. Yeah, and uh, and and I don't want to be misquoted here because I've had people in in the reviews on Amazon misquote me and say that uh, that I said or that Yakubuians, who is in the film, said that half a million kids are being kidnapped every day. But that's not what we said. That's not what is happening. It's just the the market for uh, child sex trafficking today at any given point every day consists of about 500,000 kids. So that's not 500,000 new ones being added every day. But but th- that's typically what I've seen in the reaction to this film. Most people say, you know, that it, it's it's well done, it's 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 careful, but it doesn't hold back. And then you'll get a couple of people who you can tell that they already think all of this is a conspiracy theory, so to debunk the film, they have to misquote the stats. So we we've seen a little bit of that reaction to it. But most people that watch it, I think they're going to find uh, a very fair and balanced movie, but but uh, uh, also something that absolutely isn't going to hold back. And it's going to be able to tell the viewer not only what's going on, but what steps each and every one of us can take in order to start mitigating against this and turn our culture uh, back around and away from the direction that it's going now, which is the normalization of pedophilia and the sexual exploitation of children. It, it, it seems that you mentioned Vice calling all of this a conspiracy theory and, and in the mainstream media too, this is happening, that they, they focus on certain details and so they dismiss the story, but the overall, the overall narrative is true. The details might be wrong in this case or that case. So, for example, yeah. Pizzagate, uh, right. after the, uh, the, the, um, the DNC emails were hacked and we had uh, you know, suggestions that certain people in the DNC were involved and the language they were using in those emails was consistent with child sex trafficking rings, this this pizza place in Washington was cited perhaps as a hub of child sex trafficking. There were rather uh, odd uh, murals on the walls and so forth. Uh, and so the, the media seemed to focus on Pizzagate and then every story that comes along, oh, here we go, another Pizzagate. So again, the, the, a specific story or a specific detail may, might be wrong, but the overall narrative, it's hard to deny. Yeah, absolutely. And I should mention, too, uh, speaking of Pizzagate, that we did do a bonus DVD with one of the speakers from the film. If people if people go to uh, skywatchtvstore.com and buy the film, Silent Cry of the Darker Side of Trafficking, they'll get a bunch of bonus materials. And one of those is a uh, a shorter documentary that we did about the truth of Pizzagate. We, we strip off all of the sensationalism and we stick with the things that can actually be verified. You know, we, we try to do a very careful job 
job at showing where these threads lead and what things we can say and what things are speculative. But we were able to show in that film that there is at least enough here to be suspicious. It might not be enough to convict anybody of anything, but there's definitely a lot of questions that have gone unanswered. And those questions are things the mainstream media do not ask people like Alephantis or, or uh, uh, John Podesta or Hillary Clinton or any of these people. You know, even on Fox News, when Alephantis was interviewed, they gave him a bunch of softball questions and they never really asked him anything real. There are real things that need to be asked. You know, what is up with those murals? What 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 is the story behind the Instagram picture of the kill room and why were jokes like that being made? You know, why, why are there these strange uh, pictures circulating uh, of, of children on his own page? And why, why is now his Instagram uh, totally private? And there, there's a lot of things that we lay out in the film um, and even in the WikiLeaks. You know, why were why were these uh, co- it seems like there were code words used? Why? Why are things worded like this? How can a handkerchief have a map on it that's pizza related? That doesn't make sense. You know, that's not a normal way of speaking. So there's a lot of things. A lot of questions that have gone unanswered, and we deal with those in that bonus film. Uh, it's called uh, "Hidden Truth." Uh, it's called uh, "Fake News or Hidden Truths," and it's uh, featuring Stephen Bancars. He's an investigative researcher himself. He actually came out of occultism. He's he's a Christian now, uh, but he's in the film Silent Cry, and he's also in that bonus uh, film. But you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, these mainstream media, I, I think that they already have their mind made up, and a lot of times they base their decision on what will gain them more credibility or what, what will benefit them the most, what's more self-serving. They're, they're like some of my uh, friends who won't have me on their show because it'll hurt their credibility. They think it'll hurt their credibility if they do. And to me, you know, I would just ask, well, what's more important, your credibility or these these children that, you know, they we need to get the word out somehow. So I do want to thank you for being one of the few that's actually willing to uh, have me on and talk openly about this issue, because even even some of these other, you know, more mainstream conservative guys. And like I said, I'm a conservative myself, but even some of them, I I've, they won't even have me on, even if they I, and I, I would say, hey, disagree with me. You know, let's talk about our agreements and disagreements, because I know that in the film we do deal with the occult. But you don't have to believe in any occult connections to to know that this is a growing problem. And if we don't do something about it, if we don't raise awareness and get the word out about it, it's going to continue to grow as it has the past few decades. Actually, even earlier than that, because this is an ancient, ancient uh, problem, basically, since the begin the beginning of human history. Uh, but specifically in our country, we can date it back at least decades, but it's probably it probably goes back even further than that. So I think it's time we get together and do something about it. More of my conversation with Josh Peck when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. The discovery of carbon-60 is likely to be the most amazing chemistry discovery of the late 20th century. And my friends at C60Evo.com are the world's number one manufacturer of C60. The safe, consumable form of pure C60 is called ESS60. And the mighty Aphrodite and I take a tablespoon every morning. ESS60 is the C60 formulation used in the famous 2012 original Paris study that showed ESS60 doubled the lifespan of rats. ESS60 from C60Evo.com is raw C60 that's been produced, certified, and guaranteed for safe human consumption. ESS60 from 
C60EVO.com is a powerful molecule that acts as a nano-antioxidant to attract, stabilize, and neutralize free radicals. It's also known to have 172 times the antioxidant power of vitamin C, 172 times, which may be why people are feeling healthier on C60. All I know is the mighty Aphrodite and I are sleeping great and we're both pain-free. To get your bottle of ESS60, go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the c60evo.com link. Use the code RS1SPEC to get 5% off. RS1SPEC and get 5% off. It's time to start taking responsibility for your health. Time to support your immune system. Join the mighty Aphrodite and I. If you want more energy, mental clarity, and a great night's sleep, ESS60 from C60Evo.com. Again, go to the episode notes and click on the C60Evo.com link and use the promo code RS1SPEC to get 5% off. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Josh Peck, the director of Silent Cry, is here. There's a filmmaker and actor in Silent Cry, the dark, darker side of trafficking, uh, who's delved into this, done some research, and he actually uh, sort of pinpointed the exact neighborhood in Atlanta, Georgia, that seems to be sort of central to sex trafficking in the United States. Talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. David Hevener, he's a producer, actor, musician, filmmaker, and in the film, he, he what what he does for work now basically is he speaks openly about sex trafficking. I was actually just on his show uh, last night. Even he 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 speaks openly pretty often about this because he he's seen this stuff firsthand and sees how it works in association with Hollywood. Uh, you know, he he's a Christian and he he works today. He works with victims of trafficking and satanic ritual abuse, and he. He does not hold back. He does give uh, details about where in Atlanta, and specifically the airports, how the airports are utilized, which a lot of people uh, might or might not know. Some of that information is readily available, but his insider's perspective is really valuable to the film. He even had one of the most heartbreaking stories I've ever heard. If people are familiar with the Shonda Cher case, uh, that was that, uh, her, her mom was recently on Dr. Phil. Basically this young girl, uh, was brutally raped, uh, killed, set on fire by these other girls who were involved in what was described originally as satanic and lesbian circles. Well, Shonda Cher is, uh, was David's cousin. And so David Hevener, from his perspective, tells the whole story and, and kind of gives an inside perspective of, you know, who this girl was and just the, her, her tragic death. And he believes he's come away with that, believing that this is likely, um, a, a, a satanic ritual abuse situation where these, these girls were ritually abused in some way and programmed to do this. And, you know, I know 
people fall on all you know d- two different sides of that aisle. Some people either uh, completely believe like everything they read about satanic ritual abuse, but I will say, like everything else, there is some sensationalism, and you're going to find that with everything. But then you have other people who totally deny that anything about it is real, and that's that's a problem too. In the film, we kind of try to uh, stick with what we can know. Which is difficult because, again, a lot of the satanic connection stuff, we have to go by eyewitness accounts. We're really honest about that in the film, and we do say, you know, we we don't have video evidence of this stuff, at least not that has been verified yet. There there might be evidence like that that exists, but— uh, we haven't been able to verify anything for sure yet, and a, a big problem with it is whenever evidence like that does turn up, it tends to get covered up, such as in Finder's case. I mean, you know, the the, the pentagrams, the animal bones, and then the several other pieces of undisclosed uh, satanic cult ritual uh, evidences. We we don't know what they even are because it was covered up. So that that still happens. So we have to rely on eyewitness testimonies, which to some people that's not convincing, but uh, to others, when they watch the film, they'll realize, you know, these stories are coming from children who have been rescued from trafficking. And there, there is a small percent, it is a small percentage, a small percentage of kids that will talk about the, the occultic ties. So it's not, you know, the occultism isn't as big of a problem as sex trafficking itself you know, the satanic ritual abuse, but it still is a problem and it still is growing. And the kids that talk about it, they're rescued from all over the country and they will describe the same elements of the ritual. They will describe what they wore. They'll describe the same robes. They'll describe the symbols, even draw them, the symbols that they uh, saw strewn about and used in these rituals. So to me, that makes me wonder, well, how would they know that? Like they don't have the ability to, to network. Some of these kids are as young as five, six, seven years old. They don't have the ability to network with each other and come up with this grand lie, you know, this 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 grand conspiracy to trick all the adults. That doesn't make sense to me. And at the same time, someone might think, well, the investigators are lying then, you know, the people who are involved in and, you know, supposedly working with these kids, uh, maybe they're lying and exaggerating. Well, again, the same problem would come up. They would all have to be networking. So that would mean that there's no whistleblowers in that group. And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of investigators that work with uh, kids rescued from satanic ritual abuse. And, and somehow nobody has blown the whistle and saying, hey, guys, this is all exaggerated. This is all fake and have gone and told the public, which would be I mean, if anybody did that, and if that was real, that that person would be highly congratulated in our in the in the, our current culture because our current culture is looking at this to be a conspiracy. So not only do you have that, you also you would have to have all of these investigators networking 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 with each other to say the same thing. And they're also many of these guys, this is what they do for a living. So they're putting their livelihood on the lie for what? On the line for what? You know, for 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 some lie to trick everybody. It just it doesn't make sense. I'm not saying that it's completely impossible, but it it just it doesn't make sense. What makes the most sense is these kids are getting rescued, and the stories that they tell are likely true. So we do talk about that in the film. But again, like I said, it it when it comes to the satanic connections, most of what we have to go on is eyewitness testimony. So it's it's up to the viewer when they watch the movie if they're going to find those testimonies uh, convincing or not. But as I said before, even if even if not, 
if they don't find the the connections of satanic ritual abuse convincing, they don't have to believe in the occult connections to understand that child sex trafficking is a growing problem uh, in our country. And it's going to be up to us as individuals because we can't trust the government. It's going to be up to us to raise awareness, uh, to to stand against this constant perversion of our culture, to not support uh, sexual perversion with our money, you know, stop buying pornography for one thing because there is a direct connection between uh, pornography and child sex trafficking. We talk about that in the movie, but anybody can just search for that on Google and get numerous articles. Um, and, and so there are things that we can do in our, in our own lives, uh, but really what it boils down to is just getting at the truth. And then if there's something we don't know, being honest enough to say, we don't know, like I said, with the eyewitness testimonies, I can't prove that I can, I can, I can offer what I think is convincing evidence. It's convincing to me. The testimonies are because of how well they correlate, but I can't prove it. So when I post about it online, I don't uh, post about it and act as if this is absolute truth. And if you don't believe me, then you're then you're you're not really part of the movement or something. You know, right. I, I don't do that. Well, even in the absence of absolute proof, in the absence right. of occult paraphernalia or satanic symbols, I mean, as a Christian, I would say that by its very nature, the act is satanic. Yes. Uh, cut, you know, pure and simple. Yes. Uh, but as you say, you know, you you can you can take the the occult or paranormal or whatever you want to say aspect out of this, uh, and and but you you have to be absolutely, you know, horrified by the act itself. The other is is it's just something else that you can tack onto it. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, uh, which is featured obviously in in the in the uh, documentary. How could it not be included? Uh, but it it does speak to the the high level uh, at which this is is going on and the the organization. Um, so Epstein uh, and his, I mean, he was he was getting political protection. We we know now that uh, he was an intelligence asset. There doesn't seem to be much question about that. He was protected. Prosecutors have admitted this that he was protected. That's why he got away with that sweetheart deal, basically house arrest in two thousand and six after raping a fourteen year old. Yep. Uh, What what else have we learned about uh, Epstein that has been substantiated? Oh, yeah. And this actually lends us uh, a little bit more evidence to the occult connection, too, because he had clear ties with the occult. And I don't believe that Epstein was just a one off like he's just this one crazy guy. Actually, in the film, Yako Bunyans, who, uh, again, he's he's one of the, the real soldiers fighting on the front lines in this fight and has been for quite some time for years. Uh, he he says that there's there's a lot of Epstein's out there. Epstein is just the one that we know about. But there's a lot more. Um, so, you know, you mentioned uh, the protection that he that he got in 2005. You know, he was being investigated because, like you said, a parent said that Epstein had sexually abused her her 14 year old daughter. And Epstein even pled guilty, but he was he wasn't convicted until 2008. And even then, it was only for two crimes. He only served a year in custody with extensive work release, despite that federal officials had identified 36 girls, some as young as 14, whom Epstein allegedly abused. But that was let go because like you said he was he was an ax, uh, he was a uh, asset so um and and 
we, we could talk about the murder suicide thing. I fully believe he was murdered. I don't think there's any real evidence that this was a suicide. And we do deal with that in the movie. Uh, but the occult connections, there were several things that were found on his island showing that he most likely had direct ties to the occult, which may have played a part in his rape of children. See, we don't know for sure because with, with some pedophiles when when they have uh, occult ties they could be doing the the abuse and the sacrifice of children for ritualistic purposes you know to venerate some false god or to gain demonic powers or something like that or they could just be a, a pedophile and they're doing it purely for physical pleasure which is, is is disgusting to even describe it like that but with epstein it seems like the evidence uh, shifts closer to the occult connection. One of the most obvious uh, examples of this people have seen is, is the temple that was there. But there was also drone footage that has shown a giant sundial with 13 chairs pointing to what appears to be rune stones. There's gods and goddesses all over the island. I mean, this this stuff must have cost a lot of money to do. Of course, he had a lot of money to spend on it. Um, a giant green man from antiquity was there. There were labyrinths which have uh, connections with child sacrifice according to ancient mythology specifically greek but you can find it elsewhere as well throughout the world we see certain uh symbols repeated at epstein zorro ranch in new mexico as well there's a giant rectangle berm area on the island and we show pictures of this in the movie but it, it bore the same symbols as on his zorro ranch it's four paths leading to a circle with a square in the middle of it so images on the island that were captured in 2013 of this berm area on the island uh, showing the symbols. You, you can clearly see them. But then in 2017, and this would have been uh, around the time that investigators were starting to close in on Epstein, there was this really sloppy effort made to cover up this berm area, to cover up these symbols by building a, a so-called tennis court over the berm area. And we show the pictures, and it, it's, it's almost laughable how sloppy of a job this is because they didn't even out the ground. So there's like peaks and valleys all over the place. If you tried to play a game of tennis on this thing, you'd shatter your ankles. It was a really sloppy job. But then in 2019, uh, there were there were more pictures taken, and we see that the inside of the berm area was completely removed, destroying everything that used to be there. So there was a clear effort to remove these symbols. Now, ancient occult sites discovered around the world have used that same pattern, the pattern that Epstein had covered up, such as the Egyptians, human sacrificing uh, Mayans, that same pattern, four paths leading to a circle encompassing a square. So quite literally, whether this was purely decorative or not, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that this was just decoration, but even if it was, quite literally, Jeffrey Epstein had at least two occult areas dedicated to human sacrifice, whether he was doing it or it was just decorative or, or whatever. These two occult areas were dedicated uh, to either literal human sacrifice or the idea or veneration of it, one on his island, one on his ranch, where he and his high-powered friends are known to have uh, gathered. So that alone is horrifying, and that the, the government looked the other way on all this stuff because, again, he was an asset. So that makes us wonder how many other assets does the government have? How many other people are out there uh, that right now are being protected but who may be murdered in the future, many of which we probably will never hear about. I, I think that kind of thing does happen, and then the public just doesn't hear about it. Uh, there were something like 40 individuals, uh, I guess, that were on the island, part participated uh, in um, these 
acts with with children and minors that are under seal. How does that happen? Yeah, again, it's because th- this this is the problem with the government. It's totally self-serving. So right now, I think, and you see you see this in th- there's two there's two problems here. We have a self-serving government that wants to see, uh, you know, how can I benefit from this? How can we benefit from this? Let's hold on to the information now, and we'll release it at the right time when it's most beneficial to us. You see this in election cycles, you know, and, and you see it on both sides. And I don't I don't like it on either side. I want the truth released. I don't care what time it is, you know. I want the the truth released when it's discovered. But you'll see this in election cycles on both sides. When when one gets uh, information, uh, you know, damning information about the other, they'll wait to release it till it best suits them. I, I personally don't like that. I understand the strategy, but I, I think that especially with this, especially when there's actual children's lives at stake, I think playing those games is really dangerous. But we see that in the courts and we see that in the government. So I think that's part of it. But also, our culture just really, really wants to look the other way when it comes to these crimes. You know, you'll get th- this. This happens a lot, and I talk about it in. Uh, I, I did over a six-hour series of videos pertaining to the normalization of pedophilia in our country and how botched uh, our legal system is when um, persecuting these crimes. Because typically, what you'll see is, you know, a pedophile will be caught. You know, he'll he'll be caught with like child porn or something on his computer, or he'll even be be caught raping a child or something and the child is rescued thank god and then at, at first they will give they'll give the guy like an an exorbitant amount of years they'll say like well he is sentenced to like hundreds of years or thousands of years and that will make the headlines but then what makes the headlines later is he got out after a year, you know, if, if even that, a lot of times these guys are released on probation or they do community service, uh, or, or like I said, they'll do a year and they'll get off on good behavior or our, our legal system. It's like a lot of show, but it's, it's not, there's not a lot actually back backing it up. These people typically aren't prosecuted, even repeat offenders, at least not to the degree that they should be. I mean, I, I think with this crime, because that can destroy a person's life if they survive the rape, that can destroy their lives. So personally, I think at the very least life in prison, you know, if if not other forms of of uh, persecution, but I think those two problems are what really drive this and how this kind of kind of thing happens. And, and thirdly, I'll say a lot of it too is because we, as the American people, put up with it. There, there's not a we're starting finally this year in 2020. We're starting to see a real uprising in this country uh, who who want to d- defend children. Now we're we're seeing an opposition to that as well with the elites and the mainstream media and the entertainment industry uh, who want to fight against us. But we're finally seeing people waking up and, and really taking a stand against this stuff. But before this year, by and large, you know, there were there have always been a few really good people that have fought this fight. But by and large, the country looked the other way on this issue. You know, there hasn't been a great outcrying um, for for these children or, or for extended sentences uh, for abusers. You know, you'll get you'll get people here and there that do. But by and large, a real cultural shift we haven't seen yet. I think we're starting to see that now. And I, I really hope and pray that Silent Cry can be a good introduction uh, to this issue for those who uh, may not be familiar with it. Or even if you are familiar with it, you know, get the movie and, and you can learn how to talk to others about it and what, what, uh, what appropriate actions we as individuals uh, can take. So I'm hoping that we'll, we'll be able to look, at, look back as 2020 being the, really the first year 
that this cultural shift started and things started to get done. The culture started to shift around and turn in the other direction. And uh, we, we got back to protecting our kids. I, I really hope that. I, I, I do so hope as well. Uh, although it seems to be so pervasive. Yes. Uh, one of the things that's pointed out in Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking by one of the experts is that these perpetrators they're so difficult to profile because again it's so it's 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 the janitor it's the ceo of a fortune 500 it's maybe a congressman it's your neighbor it's the boy scout leader it's everywhere yeah yeah it's really tough and one of the most horrifying things too that came up in this research is a child can be trafficked without the parent even knowing it you know typically when we think of trafficking we think of kidnapping and that does happen uh, but because these people can be anywhere and they are everywhere, I mean, even in small towns, I, one of the, one of the shocking things to me too, was I live in a very small town, like not, it, it's those, it's that kind of town where everybody knows everybody, you know? Uh, but when I was first looking into this, I saw that areas local to me were having problems with child sex trafficking. There were, there were, uh, trafficking rings being, being busted up. And it made me think, you know, thank God those are being busted up, but how many more are going under the radar? So what happens is a, a parent can have a child being trafficked and the parent doesn't even know it. Sometimes, which is, this is even worse, the parent is the perpetrator. Sometimes parents will, will traffic their own children. They'll, they'll have children specifically for the purpose of trafficking them. We're starting to see some news stories come out about that now. Uh, but the way that this happens, how, how a parent could be unaware, you know, and one of the something else uh, that Yakobunians, one of the experts in the movie, said is a child that's most at risk is typically middle class. Parents are still together. Uh, they're 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 well off financially. Maybe not rich, but just like middle class. You know, where like they have enough money where money can solve problems. So if they don't have a strong relationship with their kid, they'll buy him a cell phone or something. The kid escapes into a cell phone. They're not around. They're not in like a super impoverished poor area where they would see crime all the time, so they don't have a radar for it. Uh, Yako says that that child is the one that's most at risk, even if the parents are together, because typically the dad is out working or both parents are working, and then neither uh, of the parents are cultivating a really strong trust, trusting relationship with their uh, son or daughter. So they the the kid gets bored in that in that type of environment, and they want to go out and make their own money or make make a life for themselves. They don't have a really super strong connection with their parents, so they're craving that, and that's where the groomer comes in. You know, that's where the the older the older guy comes in and pretends that he's the girl's boy. Boyfriend, uh, and, and puts on this this persona of I'm the only one that really cares about you. I love you. You're beautiful. Your parents don't understand you. I support you. You know, let let's let's get out of here. You and I. Let's start our own lives. We just need some money to do it. You know, how can we do that? And then so over time, uh, this 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 idea about trafficking will come up. You know, the the boy won't call it that. Of course, the guy, uh, but it'll, th that's what will happen. So he will be pimping this girl out. And typically, you know, this guy will have 
many girls he's doing this with. Sometimes the girls are aware of one another, sometimes not. But the girl is allowed to go home. Now, occasionally, sometimes what happens is the girl is threatened. You know, then it's if, if it's not like a boyfriend scenario, if it's just an older abusive male scenario, uh, like in the case of Alanka Deaton, who's in the movie, and she tells her whole story in the movie. Absolutely heartbreaking, but it has uh, at least as happy of an ending as that type of story can have uh, in it. But, right, she uh, escaped what, after, after seven years. Years yes, being passed yes. around, uh, and this all started with her 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 music instructor. Yep, and she was threatened. The her music manager told her that if she told anybody, that he would kill her mother. And you know, Alanka loved her mother, didn't want to even take the chance. So Alanka, you know, and she was just a kid herself, so uh, she didn't tell anybody. So that kind of thing happens a lot, where the the child will be threatened. So the child doesn't want to risk harm coming to her family, so she doesn't tell her parents. What also happens though is the girl is actually convinced that this is okay, and the parents won't understand because the parents don't have a really trusting relationship with their daughter and so voluntarily the girl will keep it secret you know really she's being convinced she's being tricked she's being groomed but the girl thinks that she's doing this out of love or something so when that happens a lot of times the parents they might notice an attitude change with their child but they think that it's just part of being becoming a teenager you know it's normal but this is this is what happens when there's not uh, a really strong trusting relationship there. Now I will say that we live in such a, a dangerous time that a parent can do everything right. You know, uh, the parents can do everything right, and their child can still be a target. So the best that we can really do until we can turn all this around, the best we can do right right now is preventative measures to the best of our ability. And we lay several out in the movie. A lot of it revolves around having a, a really strong family, preferably Christ-centered, because in my opinion, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe that that is going to be the strongest family unit. It doesn't mean that it's it's not going to happen, you know, bad things can still happen, but it's going to give us the best chances if we have a good, strong, trusting relationship. If a girl knows what a real man is supposed to look like, how a real man behaves, the types of things a real man says, like a real honest uh, man, man with integrity, She's going to have uh, a harder time being tricked by one of these groomers who typically, the, these guys, I mean, they don't have dads of their own. They don't know, a lot of them don't really know how to even behave as a real man. That's why many of them are abusive. Some are a little more sly about it but and clever, but a lot of them are abusive. So it'll be harder to trick that child if they have a really strong family unit because they'll know what trustworthy, honest, good people uh, look like. So that's a really big deal. And we, we do talk about that in the movie and, and other things that people could do at home. Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking. Josh, how do we screen this? Absolutely. People can go to skywatchtvstore.com. If they get the movie there, it, it's a DVD. They'll get it with a lot of other de- bonus DVDs that we put together that aren't available anywhere else. Uh, it's only a $35 donation, and I'll say that the profits from the movie, no matter where people get it, the profits from the movie go to Whispering Ponies Ranch, which is a ministry that um, that helps kids rescued 
from child sex trafficking, learn how to live uh, a normal life, you know, be healed, and, and all sorts of good things. So pro- all the profits go to that organization, uh, Whispering Ponies Ranch, which pe- people can look up online if they want more information. Also, if you want to view it, if you just want to stream it and you only want the movie itself, you can uh, go to Amazon and just stream it on Amazon. And I will ask, if you watch the movie, please leave it a review, because we're trying to convince Amazon right now to feature this in their new releases section. We're trying to get Amazon Amazon to suggest it to people. And it's not about my fame or like my fortune or anything with that, because again, profits go to Whispering Ponies Ranch. We want to convince Amazon so we can raise awareness so kids can get more help. You know, the more people that are aware of this problem, the more people uh, can help and the, and the more children can be rescued. That's what we're really after. So if we can convince Amazon, um, and the way to do that is by leaving honest reviews. If you feel that we've earned five stars, give us five stars and tell us why. If you don't, give us what you think that uh, we've earned and tell us why. And if we all if we all do that, I think that that can help spread this message around, and we can actually use Amazon to help facilitate that. We can start telling these streaming companies, you know, this is the stuff that you want to start featuring because this is the stuff that uh, you're not going to lose stock shares if you feature. You know, you'll actually gain more subscribers. You'll you'll gain more money, and ultimately, that's what that's all they care about anyway. So it it seems like it would be a win win, but we gotta we gotta prove to them that you know instead of taking a risk with garbage smut like cuties and you know tanking your stocks instead of doing that start featuring some wholesome things start featuring silent cry give it a chance see what it does uh and you'll probably benefit from it as well so that's what we're trying to do please leave a review on amazon and imdb um they both go hand in hand amazon owns both so uh that would be a big help but those are the two places that you can get it skywatchtvstore.com and amazon uh, yeah, people need to get on board with this. Child sex trafficking is the greatest evil being perpetrated today, and it is happening uh, everywhere, right under our nose. And uh, just final quick question. What do you think is going to come to light uh, if Chilane Maxwell is allowed to live and uh, uh, and perhaps testify? I'm a little bit of a pessimist on this. Um, I, be- I believe that she will be allowed to live and testify, and I think that she'll probably give a couple of names that the country will have their attention on, and, but it's not going to be, it, it's going to be a drop in the bucket. I think that she has way more information than she's going to release. She has access to more things than, than will be allowed to be released publicly because again, the government has a hand in this and it, I think it would be too embarrassing. But I, I think also the government knows they can't just ignore it because we're living in a time where the American people aren't, aren't going to stand for that in the same way they would have five years ago. Uh, so I think that they're going to going to try just letting out a couple of names and they're going to persecute those people maybe or something's going to happen uh and so what we need to do is when that happens if if I'm right if that happens that way we all need to stand up and say that is not enough that is we we cannot let the government off the hook on this we need to say that is not enough she has more information you're suppressing it we want to know if we if we all stand together and and do that uh, then may, maybe we can get some more names. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to give us just enough to keep our attention and and to kind of satiate us and and thinking that we're going to be quiet, you know, because they did that with Epstein. Um, but what I'm hoping is that there's enough people awake now in America that we're not going to fall for it this time. So that, that's what I think. Josh Peck, thank you for uh, for Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking and everything you're doing. 
thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure talking to you. Definitely dark subject, but I really appreciate you having me on to talk about this important issue. Not many people are willing to do that, so I, I greatly appreciate you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a moment to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. Here's Colleen Forges, our full script dispensary manager and nutritional therapist. Hey, Colleen. Hi, Richard. Tell me about hair, nails, and skin. Well, we have a product from Pure Encapsulation, which is called Hair, Skin, Nails Ultra. And what I like about this product is that it contains collagen, and that's a big buzzword, very beneficial for all of those, the skin, hair, and nails, and some other natural vitamins and nutrition. Biotin, for example, is one that's included in this product, and it's great for just making sure we're taking the best care as we can of our hair, skin, and nails. Hair, Skin, and Nails Ultra, and that's available at my Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. All you need to do is visit strangeplanet.ca and click on the Full Script Dispensary button and register. Don't forget, all orders receive 10% off, and orders of $50 or more ship for free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. Coming up next time, George Schwimmer has been investigating and practicing natural methods of healing for the past 42 years. He'll be here to discuss transformational healing and killing cancer. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats, we need. We need constant petting. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.